You're listening to the Cannabis Investing Network. Before we begin, a short disclaimer. The full disclaimer follows at the end of this episode. This podcast is a general communication and is being provided for entertainment and information purposes only. It is educational in nature and is not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose. Please enjoy responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network market update number two. So this will be our second market update that we are putting out. We just put out our first one. We just put out our first episode. And thank thanks to everybody for the feedback and the comments. We're going to go through some of that today. And the question we're asking in this episode, and this is at July 20th, 2019. And just for some context, we've just had a really rough two weeks in the cannabis space. Uh, the question we're asking is, have we hit the bottom? Has this market bottomed? And are we going to see a reversal? And before we answer that question, we're going to dive into a couple of different things. First, we're just going to go through some of the comments and feedback that people left on our Reddit thread. And we're going to touch on a couple of points. We're going to talk about the answer to that question, have we hit the bottom? Um, and then we're going to talk specifically about what uh, we're doing, or at least what I'm doing, um, and what I've been doing in the last week with this market pullback. So, Abby, uh, you probably haven't heard any of these yet, but I'm going to read off some comments for you. And actually, there was a, there's a, some pretty lively debate here, so it was, it was quite interesting. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Okay, so we got a very lengthy uh, comment, very detailed reply from Big Time Poor Grammar. Not programmer, but poor grammar. And <laughs> like that name. What this person says um, is that they disagree that the pullback was due to CanTrust because they felt the market was already in a down cycle. And this is a good place to start. Um, I would agree with Big Time. I think Big Time has a good point. The market was already pulling back. But if you look at a timeline, what happened was we were seeing, I would say, a moderate pullback, maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 percent on some of the stocks. But the can trust news was sort of fuel to the fire and really turned this from just being something like a blip to being a full blown correction. Could you elaborate on what a correction is? I don't know the technical term or if there's a technical number for it, but in my mind, the way I think about it is, you know, a blip is sort of what's in the range of normal volatility. And again, that's all relative depending on the sector. So in cannabis, it's not unusual for things to go up or down 5% in a day. It's not unusual for things to go up or down, you know, 10 or 20% in a month, right? Right. Um, but to me, a, a correction or a, a full, you know, pullback is when you see the entire market getting hit. So it's not just one stock. It is, you know, the entire sector is getting hammered. And often um, there's no there's no reason you can really point to for why it's being hammered. Or what I mean by that is it's not it's irrational. Um, you know, the, the drop in prices is irrational. Right. And we'll talk about why that is. But typically the way I, I think about that is it's um, risk capital leaving the space or people taking some money off the table. Yeah, usually for the broader market, when you're looking at a correction, it's about a 10% decline in the stock prices from the day that it opened. So at 9.30, if it opened at whatever, the S&P 500, or I don't know, for, for, for 
uh, cannabis, it's obviously the volatility is significantly higher. But for the S and P five hundred, if it opened at X and then it goes up by basically, or sorry, it goes down by ten percent. But it's not ten percent in one day, is it? Because that would be massive for for like blue chip stocks, right? No, exactly. Usually they'll use an average. Um, I can get the exact definition later on. But usually, when 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 you see a stock decline by, or sorry, when you see an, an index decline by ten percent, that's usually when they start saying correction territory. And right. Then, yeah. Right. Right. And I've heard it sometimes as being twenty percent. I mean, twenty percent is bear market territory. Oh, interesting. Okay. So again, I think those those specific numbers and definitions don't at all apply to cannabis because. Cannabis is its own, you know, it just moves in its own way because it's so much more volatile. Yeah. So for me, in my mind, you know, if you if you look at if you look at prices and, and you feel they've if you feel they're acting irrationally in a negative way, and it, it's more than just a blip, it's more than just one week or two weeks of of um, you know negative movement. It really needs to have more momentum than that. So yeah. so. A lot of what we're talking about here today, when we're asking, has the market bottomed? The answer is maybe. And what that means is really there is no clear answer to any of these questions, right? All you can do is take the information you have, you can try to process it as rationally as possible, and you can try to put forward your own thesis as to, you know, has it bottomed, has it not bottomed? But also, before we jump on to the next thing, I just want to say, to me, has it bottomed is not really the question you should be asking yourselves. What you should be asking is the values I'm seeing today, is this a reasonable time for me to purchase? Right. And we as humans, we talked about human psychology on one of the last episodes, which you at home haven't heard yet, but we spent a lot of time talking about how humans think and how that in- impacts the markets. I found that, you know, if somebody buys a stock at $7 and then it goes down to six fifty, they really kick themselves like, Oh, I, I screwed up. Right. But you're buying that stock at $7 because you feel that's a fair value and you think that, you know, you can have an attractive return and you think it's going to be worth whatever, 9 or $10, right? So it doesn't matter that you didn't get it at the very lowest point. What matters is that you bought it at a place that you found it was attractive, right? And the short answer is I think right now we're seeing uh, valuations return to being attractive. Whether or not that's the bottom, we'll see. Yeah, Exactly. So I think that what you saw is a natural and, and a healthy kind of pullback um, or, or a sort of blip, if we want to call it that. And then because of can trust, it really turned into a full-blown correction. So that's, that's my answer to big time. Um, and thank you for your comments. He left, uh, he or she, I don't know, left some um, points here about some future things to talk about. So we'll touch on that in another episode. Uh, in general, I would say a lot of people felt just because of the title of the episode that we were saying that the way we had titled it was that can trust news creates buying opportunity. And a lot of people, I guess, when they just read the title, felt that we were talking specifically about can trust, that this is an opportunity to buy can trust. Right. Right. So um, and maybe it is right. Again, we, we did not talk a lot about can trust. I personally, uh, as a full disclaimer, actually ended up buying a little bit of can trust when it was on the way down. Um you know, the more I dug into it, you know, I just realized, look, I don't know enough about this company. It is very possible they might lose their license. Um, and, you know, a couple of commenters, Drunk Boater, mentioned that I think Cantrus is going to lose their license and go to zero. Uh, it's very possible, right? So actually, yeah. you know, I clipped a very small return. I, I got about 12% on it. I sold it. I got out. It's very different from what I typically do. But, um, 
you know, that we don't know. We're in uncharted waters here with CanTrust, right? We really don't know what's going to happen with Health Canada. And I would agree that the offenses that they're being accused of, if they're true, are pretty bad. Yeah. So it's hard to say what's going to happen. I also read another sort of rumor mill report that people are lining up to look at kicking the tires on a potential purchase of the assets. So that might be one way that Health Canada helps them, you know, save face is to say that, look, you know, it has to be sold to another entity. And it will be very interesting um, to see what price it's sold at, because that will give us an idea of how other LPs are valuing the assets of um, of a fellow LP, right? So it'll be interesting to look at the book value of what Cantress has recorded as a book value of their assets and what somebody else is willing to pay for that, right? And as we talked about on another episode, again, which hasn't aired yet, um, or actually, sorry, what we talked about on, on one of our first episodes, which has aired, is the fact that cultivation, we feel, is moving more towards commoditization. So with that in mind, you kind of have to ask yourself how much value is there to buying those assets, right? If you feel that eventually we're going we're gonna to be overproducing, is it worth spending a lot of money to buy those assets today, right? So I guess we're going to see that, and, and that's still TBD. Just going through some other comments here. Um, Rereddited. This was not a market pullback. They had their supply seized because they grew illegally. Um, now, this person then later edited it. So, so I think they, again, had the perception that we were saying buy CanTrust, and CanTrust is in a pullback, and that's not what we were saying. What we were saying is CanTrust is pulling down the market, and it's pulling down other companies around it unfairly, and that's where we were seeing the opportunity. Um, but this person did edit it later to clarify. Um, there's somebody named Scarberian Writer. And uh, I actually grew up in Scarborough, so this uh, this hits pretty close to home. Who just who just said the words home capital or home trust, okay? And uh, that's a story for another day. But actually, that was one of the first contrarian investments I ever made uh, because I'm in the real estate financing world. Home trust was a company that got absolutely hammered. Very similar to what's happening with Can Trust. I don't know if there's something about companies having trust in the name that you have to be wary of. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's for another day. But one of the, actually one of the ways, one of the best plays when Home Trust was getting hammered was, you know, not necessarily to buy Home Trust, which I did, but to buy companies around Home Trust. So companies that were similar to Home Trust were getting pulled down unfairly, and there was still some risk around them. But um, those were ones that I felt you could you could purchase very attractively and had a very big uh, bump afterwards when the the issues got corrected with Home Trust. Okay, so moving on. Let's see what, what else we have here just to wrap up the comments. We should probably do a market update too. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like these these are it's, it's interesting to hear what's on people's mind, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, big, okay, last one. Big 80 Sweens says, I wouldn't touch trust with a 10-foot pole. Completely understand that and teach their own. And um, But then they go on to say, I agree. This is a good opportunity to buy. Too bad I am low on cash. Great point. Um, and goes to, you know, what we're going to talk about in a minute, which is you always got to be prepared, right? You never know when the top is. You never know when the bottom is. So you constantly have to be asking yourself, what happens if it goes up another 20%? What happens if it goes down 20%, right? So is this the bottom? I don't know. I'm buying. I'm using almost all the money I have to buy, but I still have some contingency plans. If this drops 20%, I have some places I can pull resources from to keep investing, 
right? So, so the great point you made there. And then Big 80 Sweens also says, I think Canopy is the most like a blue chip. I think it'll go back to $70. I'm assuming that's Canadian. It's about 45 right now. And they say they want to sell some. So they have more money for a dip. And this is a great thing about corrections, guys. Not only do they bring opportunity, but they remind us all of the risks that are out there. So, um, you know, when it goes up and it's $70, let's see what Big 80 Sweens does, right? So I, I, um, I will try to remember to check in with this person if Canopy goes on another run and say, hey, have you actually sold at $70? It will be interesting to see because... Right now, we're fearful. Yeah, it's like the sell, the sell discipline has to be there too, right? Because if you Absolutely. don't take profits off the table, then you are going to find that, that your portfolio is going to be low on cash. You could have a large equity value, but exactly. if you don't have cash, you can't capitalize on a lot of these things. Portfolio management is so, so important. So, so important. So, Abby, give me some market update. Yeah, it's a little quick market update. Usually with corrections, um, this, I mean, I don't know if this is a correction or not. It's the, the Two weeks is not enough to tell if it's a correction, but you, when you have a longer uh, it's been a like good four weeks though. It's been two weeks with CanTrust, and then yeah, but the decline's been it's, it's been coming down it's more been and steeper, more for sure. But you know what? There's a thing. There's a saying in, on the street goes sell in May and go away. So market vo- like volumes during the summer are pretty oppressed anyways. Okay. Um. So that's why actually I'm really kind of intrigued by this week's market update. Um. There was a lot of company. There was some M and A that happened, some mergers and acquisitions that happened, which is usually what you see during corrections because. Valuations are cheap. Companies buy them up. And on top of that, there was some companies that did some raise or raises. Sorry. So Curaleaf Holdings, one that you know pretty well, they acquired Grassroots, which is a private company, for $875 million in cash and stock. And the stock declined 20% after the announcement. Actually, sorry, I just want to correct that. I think that the stock uh, jumped about 10%. After oh, sorry, that, sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was, it was up yeah. 20%, not down. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Can't read my own writing here. <laughs> so Cureleaf, yeah. So Cureleaf is regarded as one of the largest and, and potentially best players going forward. Grassroots was one of the largest private companies out there, and they were considering going public. Um, and it's also important to note that these acquisitions, they take a long time to negotiate. So um, I, I agree with you. When things, when you really see a bear, extended bear market, you do see a lot of M&A. Um, I wouldn't say that this, you know, month had anything to do with that M and A. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just it's just interesting to, to yeah, see that like happen. Like a deal of that size and scale has been in the works for a long time. For a long right? time, yeah. So it doesn't matter if if you know it, it doesn't change. I think month to month like that. Absolutely. And then um, another pretty interesting tidbit here: Neptune Wellness Solutions. Um, they just closed a forty-one point four million dollar USD private placement. Which is pretty interesting because they're raising capital, or they closed cap, like they wrote, they closed their private raise during kind of some volatile times. Um, Flower as well. What happened with them was they withdrew a hundred and twenty-five million dollar equity offering. Now, I mean, why did they withdraw it? We don't know. We can look more and more into it. But usually, when you see valuations that are this oppressed, um, investors get a little bit fearful skittish I, I think yeah i think it's a good point and again it's not rational in a lot of cases right when things start going down and especially in a volatile sector people want to take some money off the table the risk adverse even if you're coming out with a great offering it might be just the wrong time and you might be better off and again we've seen so many times things turn around pretty quickly so they might relaunch that offering 30 days from now or 60 days from now right yeah absolutely. they might wait for the fall market they might you know they're probably not gonna launch it in august just because august especially in toronto is, is pretty quiet because people go away yeah um but you know 
30, 60 days from now, it could be a completely different story. And they probably did. I mean, Paul, they probably did uh, announce the closing of that uh, equity offering due to market conditions. I mean, that would be the most ra- like rational thing. Yeah, so not mind. closing, but the pull, like pulling, pulling back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cl- yeah, pulling it back, like withdrawing. Sorry, yeah. withdrawing is the proper term. Uh, and then here's a, a stock that I know, or a company that I know that you really like, uh, Manish Origin House. Um, they actually announced unaudited revenues of about $21 million, or sorry, $21 million Canadian, $15 million USD mm-hmm. for Q2 of 2019. And uh, it includes the um, run rate sales of, at about uh, $60 million per year. And like they, they did the revenue, and then they also talked about their forward-looking run rate, about $60 million. Um, for this yeah, year? For this year, yeah. Right, right. It's pretty interesting. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I know that's a company that you watch pretty closely. you yeah, so so Origin House, and, and I guess I'll get into the the ending part now, which is uh, and a very important to note, guys. Just like this this, this disclaimer is not a joke. You know, what I'm just giving you is what I'm doing right now. It doesn't mean it's what's right for you. But uh, I just want to open up the kimono here a little bit and tell you what I'm doing with this market pullback. So the first thing I did is really rebalance. I got into a lot of names that I didn't hold or either averaged down on a lot of names because I like where the values were. Um, typically, I was taking money away from non-cannabis sector stocks because, you know, uh, it doesn't make sense to sell something when, when it's getting hammered. Um, so I was really rebalancing my portfolio to be a lot more cannabis heavy because, you know, I felt the valuations were relatively attractive. So, um, but I would say the biggest trade I made was one to do with Origin House. So Origin House, Abby, I know a little bit about. I've spent a little bit of time with it. I looked at it uh, back in December and I passed on it because I felt the valuation to the amount of sales they were doing was too rich. Um, and now they're ramping up sales pretty aggressively. So $22 million in this most recent quarter. That means that, you know, if you annualize that, that's like, you know, almost 90 million Canadian. And it's not hard to see how they can hit 100 million pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Because the, the quarter before that, I think they did like 14 or 15, but that's off the top of my head. Yeah, so, there's, it's been projected. Like you're seeing a nice upward oh, trend. Oh, it's, it's a very aggressive ramp, right? So an interesting opportunity in the market we're seeing, um, and we're coming to the end here, so I'm just going to wrap this up. But an interesting opportunity is uh, Origin House it has been con- they have a deal signed with Cresco Labs which is regarded as you know one of the better MSOs in the US and Cresco is going to buy Origin House at a value of something like a billion dollars okay but it, again it's very important to read into how do they determine that number right because it could be cash there's a, a big difference if somebody says I'm going to pay you a billion dollars cash or if I'm going to pay you with stock right because with stock it's typically um, it's on a fixed price. They say, I'm going to give you an exchange ratio. So that, that number, the amount of it's actually worth will vary until you actually close. So in the case of Origin House and Cresco, Cresco says, for every share of Origin House, we will trade it in for 0.84 shares of Cresco. Okay? So what that means is that, theoretically, on the day of closing, if Cresco Labs is worth $10, then Origin House should be worth right? Because every share of Origin House should be worth 84% of what Cresco is worth, okay? So fairly fairly simple. And and if Cresco goes up, you know, Origin should follow, or if one goes down, they should follow, right? So so they should move in lockstep. So can you talk about the disconnect and why you're seeing that? So one of the reasons that somebody pointed out to us that, hey, look, there were, things were going down before CanTrust. One of the reasons that the Department of Justice is um, – so, for example, when there's a merger, you have to go to the Department of Justice. You have to submit, um, and they can take extra time to review something for antitrust reasons, right? So it's anti-monopolistic practices. And, again, I don't know too much about this, but my understanding is that 
the DOJ asked for a second round of review, which is uncommon. Um, and people think, look, they might just be wanting to learn more about cannabis because it's relatively new. So this is one of the transactions that's in second review right now. Okay, so ever since that second review got announced, what happened was, um, it, so remember that the ratio of Cresco Labs price divided by Origin House price should be 84%, right? Ever since they announced that second review, the gap started widening immediately, okay? So what that means is that the market is saying, if you, if you, you know, assume it's fully rational, they're, they're saying that, okay, there's now more risk baked into this transaction, right? It's not a done deal. We, we don't know that it's going to happen. Something might derail this transaction, in which case... It's not worth, you know, the Origin House stock is not worth 84% of Cresco, right? right. They, they can diverge and be separate, okay? So when you look at what's happening right now, to give you the real numbers, as of, uh, this is, I think, as of closing on Friday, um, Cresco Labs is trading for 11.25 Canadian, all right? 84% um, of that is 9.45 Canadian, all right? Origin House is trading for just about, just a, little, a couple pennies above $7, Okay, so it should be trading at nine forty-five. It's trading at seven dollars. So that's a huge disconnect. In fact, if you divide nine forty-five by seven, you get th you get one point three five times. So what that means is, what that means is, Origin House is thirty-five percent lower than it should be, if you assume that the the merger is going through and it's a done deal. Okay, right. so one of the trades that I made and a pretty significant one was I started buying a lot of Origin House. Why? Because I think that there's a relatively low risk that they're going to block the trade because it doesn't seem monopolistic at all. Um, and so I think once they approve that merger, you'll start to see the, the gap close again. Okay. Now, very important to note that there's a couple of risks involved in this. So the reason I really like this trade is because it's a rare trade where you're getting good quality companies on every side. Cresco Labs I regard as a good quality company. Origin House, I regard as a good quality company. Now with the new news out that they're doing, you know, $22 million of sale last quarter, like I said, I think they'll be at $100 million of sales run rate pretty quickly, right? The market valuation is pulled back because of what's happened, where now Origin House is about $500 million, okay? So if you're doing $100 million of sales, your $500 million value, your five-time sales, that's not unreasonable at all in my opinion. No, right? that's very reasonable. So I'm buying Origin House at five-time sales, right? Um, and I'm buying it at a 35% discount to where it should be. Now, what are the risks? Well, the DOJ could block the transaction, right? And the gap could, and in that case, 84% doesn't apply anymore, right? They could delay the transaction and that could also drop the price, right? But again, I have patient capital, so I've mitigated that risk. They could block the transaction, but I've mitigated that risk because I don't mind owning Origin House at this valuation. I think it's reasonable, right? And even attractive. And lastly, um, the last point that could happen that somebody actually posted about on Reddit that I didn't think of was there's a 35% gap. So I've kind of assumed that Origin House will come up to that gap. That's not necessarily true. Cresco Labs could come down. So they could go down to fill the gap and, and make the gap um, equitable, right? So that's important to remember. But again, the flip side is even if that happens, I'm okay owning Origin or Cresco at these prices. Right? So that's how I've mitigated my risk. Doesn't mean that this is a no-brainer. It just means that, to me, from all sides, it seems attractive, and I've piled a bunch of money into it. Yeah. And uh, my goal is to sit and wait and see what happens. Absolutely. And uh, I think you said it right. You, you did your due diligence, you looked at the risk app, you looked at the, the risk factors, and you said, hey, to me, this is worth 
XYZ and you bought it at the price. Now, this was a little bit of a longer market update, but I want to leave you guys with one thing uh, before we wrap up. Even with the recent correction, whatever you want to call it, pullback, one stat that I really like that somebody sent me, Canadian retail cannabis sales rise 15% month over month to $86 million in May. What that means is even with everything, all the noise that's going on, there is still demand. Demand for cannabis is still there, and it's there in big numbers. $86 million in May, that's huge. Absolutely. And I think that if I'm going to leave you with a quote, um, the one I really like from Warren Buffett was with regards to you know, purchasing companies, and he talks about you know, value versus quality. Um, and he talked about how when he started, um, his goal was really to try to buy a fair company uh, at a great price. And now, when he shift tactics, he switched to, to, to saying, I, now I want to buy a great company at a fair price. And what these market pullbacks allow you to do is really buy these great companies at more reasonable prices, right? So ideally, these come around once every while, and you should, be, you should have some kind of plan to be prepared for them. Right, and this allows you to average down. It allows you to get into names that were too expensive. It these are really where you can make a lot of money, but you have to be prepared, and you need to have a strategy and a plan for it. Right, and we'll talk about portfolio management in other episodes. But um, again, take a deep breath. Try to think rationally, um, and you know nobody has a crystal ball. So do your research and try to do your best. Uh, guys, our email is cinpodcast at gmail Please send us your thoughts, your questions, your love, whatever it is. My name is Manish. This is my co-host, Abby. Thanks for listening and look out for the next episode. This podcast is a general communication and entertainment being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purposes. Any examples used in this podcast are generic, hypothetical, and for entertainment purposes only. None of Cannabis Investing Network or its affiliates are suggesting that the listener or any other person take a specific course of action or any action at all. Communications such as this are not impartial and are provided in connection with advertising and marketing of products and services. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should seek individualized advice from, from a personal financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisor that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances for an investor's own situation. By listening to this communication, you agree with the intended purpose described earlier. Opinions and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. We believe the information provided here is reliable, but should not be assumed to be accurate or complete. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for all investors.